Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Welcome back. Now, in the last episode, we touched on the concept of anticipating God at work and how that impacts our watchful waiting. I feel like this week's verse helps us take that just a little further, a deeper challenge for us to live by from this place of already. We are already chosen, already loved, already enough, and that is based on Romans 5, 8, which is our verse for today. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's Romans 5, 8, the NIV version. So this concept of a place of already is interesting. This is what um, actually this week's blog is entitled. Uh, A plug here for the blog. If you have not gone and read it, it is really an incredible value. And it just complements with the podcast so well. They each expound in different ways on the verse of the week. So please take a moment and go visit godswordgiveshope.com. Starting with today's episode, there will be a portion at the end of the blog where any of the verses that we mention or books or noteworthy references that are made in our podcast are also listed at the end of the blog so that you can go back and look. So Janae, this place of already, what sparked this, um, this blog post? I saw a post by Joe Saxton, who is an author and speaker and a leadership coach who I follow on social media, where she talked about this thought of living from a place of already. She didn't necessarily refer to it in that way, but she referenced the verses in Matthew around Jesus' baptism where the voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So Joe goes on to talk about how Jesus had not yet done anything publicly, Mm -hmm. not one miracle, not one sermon. He hadn't called the disciples. He hadn't even successfully resisted the temptations from Satan yet. And the end of all things, the death and resurrection, that hadn't happened. Nothing. Jesus had not even begun to fulfill his purpose, not even started it. And God, the Father, says he was already pleased with his son. And that same grace, because of Christ, now carries over to us. That is powerful. Mm -hmm. And because of Jesus, I begin to think, okay, yes, I'm already loved. I am enough. I am already chosen. And because of Christ, I can live from this place of already. So the idea began to, you know, come to my mind that this is a place, this is a foundation from which I operate from. And then obviously, some of you may have already triggered some of the words from the popular song, Gyra, sung by Elevation Worship in Maverick City. And it definitely was triggering that. And that particularly the lines that say, I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. I'm already loved more than I could imagine. And that is enough. I love that song. That I mean, if that could just play constantly in the background of my life as I'm going about, it would probably change my perspective on everything. Absolutely. And to come there you go, from that place, Mm -hmm. to respond from that place, to live from that place, to make decisions from that place. 
And so then that's how my journey of wrestling with this concept of already and exploring what that means to me. And it began. I love that. I love is that so much about the kingdom of God is upside down or backwards at first. Like I know if you've listened to pastors and messages, that's a concept that's talked about a good bit. You know, that we are loved before we even know to ask for love. And even in spite of us, once God, (laughs) once we know God and he knows us, he still chooses and loves us. Um, I love how the word of God works because today's verse is the one that God used to help you with this idea of already. But then we read this verse and it doesn't actually use this word of already, well, you know, no, and so we have to dig just a little bit more to get to that idea. But I'm going to read the verse again so it's fresh in our listeners' minds. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it's that while we were, it says yet, but or still, or while we were still sinning. While we were still people who had not chosen the right thing, we had not made the good decision, before any of those things, we were already loved by God so much that Christ died for us. Yes, and I love the New Revised Standard Version, which uses the word proves instead of demonstrated. It says that God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God has demonstrated, but then in that word proven to me had a lot of weight to it. God Mm -hmm. has proven his love. We can't gain it. We can't work harder. There is nothing for us to prove to him. In fact, he has already proven his love to us, and all we have to do is receive it and believe it. Uh, It's a... I wish I had heard that message when I was a teenager. Right. Um, I came from a background that just felt very much like there was a requirement list of acceptance. Like, okay, sure, God loves me just barely or like grudgingly loves me even though I'm being a terrible Christian. Or, (laughs) you know, if I miss checking that box, I've disappointed God. Um, And surely he can't love me in that state. So if you have a background where you were taught to earn the love, favor, acceptance of God, um, the the word counteracts that for us, thank goodness. Yes, it does. And even if you didn't have a background, I feel like our culture feeds that. There's mm. some sort of perfectionistic culture. And it's like this false thing because part of our culture would seem like well, anything goes. You do you, all that. But there's this undercurrent of perfectionism and excellence in a debilitating way in an unachievable way Mm. who can reach that standard kind of thing that's pressured on us from a lot of different directions yeah so we get it from the outside but then also if we are ascribing those characteristics to god that we have to earn his love um it can just bury you right so in romans 3 23 and 24 it says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god and so here's the deal people (laughs) if it's up to us we're in trouble. We've all fallen short. And that's not just Janae and Amy. That's Mother Teresa and Billy Graham and right. everybody but Jesus that has put feet on this earth has fallen short. I'm going to add verse 24 to 23 now, and we can read how that can, that conversation continues. So yes, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is Christ Jesus. So it has nothing to do with us in being accepted to God. 
Or Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of your own doing. Like, can it be any clearer? No. But I didn't know that. It is a gift of God, not a result of works that no one may boast. You know, sometimes it is so simple, but it really is all about Jesus. And we try to make it about other things or about ourselves. So in your blog, you talk about um, the idea of living from this place of already, but you also didn't feel like you were living from that place. So tell us more. Well, I began thinking and praying about the idea because it just really stirred in me a lot. And I was sort of haunted by the fact that I see myself as a mature Christian, or I hope I am after walking with Christ for since I was seven and the journey that I've been on. And I know I've got so much further to go. I need Jesus every day, all those kinds of things. But uh, a mature Christian, and I think I should be feeling this, that I, that I have attained this, that I'm living from a place of already, but I have this strong sense that I am not. And where's that disconnect? Why is that? And I felt the Spirit showed me that the fundamental belief that God is good, and I've, I've mentioned this before, I think we've talked about this before and touched on it briefly in a previous episode, but the whole fundamental belief that God is good was shaky. Ouch. Yeah, it hurts. Mm. It hurts. Because you know, we know that, we hear that, there are songs about it. The Bible tells me God is good, but then I look at sex trafficking problem that just like, just brings me down, overwhelms me. You have convinced yourself that maybe we've made progress and we thought we'd made progress in racism and then you realize we, we have so far to go. We've not made hardly any inroads, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where the heart is concerned for sure. Or a friend loses their battle with cancer. I don't know. You pick your thing. And that is just the external things about other people and others around you. But then you move it in internally and you shine the light on the inside. And what about those times when you are doing all the things? You're doing it all right. But it looks like God has removed his protective hand or his favor from you. And you're just left to believe that God is good when it doesn't feel like it. So I have to believe that I'm not the only one who sometimes struggles quietly with this. And in my, I would have to say that when God revealed this to me, I don't think I really had noticed that. He brought it to my attention. Yeah, well, I think if we are being honest with ourselves, um, those thoughts do run across our mind, especially when we get, when we hear the diagnosis or the, the circumstances in a you know, especially around children, around there's so many hard things. And, right. and we, all of a sudden that whisper starts, right? Is God really good? Yes. Is he really who he says he is? And that is a game that the enemy wants to play all day long in our minds. Um, his whole goal is to tell us that God is not who he says he is and that he is not good, he is not trustworthy, and that he does not love us. So how did God use this verse to turn all of this around for you? Yes, so this verse was a game changer when he brought it to me, and that word demonstrated and proven, you know, just jumped out at me. And it basically reminded me of when I used to play basketball, and we lost a game, 
okay? And you just knew, hands down, the next practice was not going to be fun. <laughs> Those dreaded line drills, if you've ever played basketball or whatever, you know, that's, and maybe they did that in PE, I don't know, but where you have to run from one line to the next and back and then to the half court and back and, oh, they're just horrible. But not only that, in the practice, we wouldn't get to do the scrimmage. Scrimmage is what's the fun part, right, of practicing. He would bring us back to the drills of the basics on shooting and passing, the fundamentals of rebounding and defensive moves. So today's verse did that for me, I feel like. If God never did anything else for me other than sacrifice his son for my sins, he took my place, was that enough, Janae? Was that going to be enough? And Romans 5, 8 tells me God has already demonstrated. He's already proven. He doesn't need to do, you know, I may be in a season where it's difficult. I may not understand what I'm seeing in the, happening in the world. But this verse tells me he has already proven. So anything beyond that is faith on my part that he is good. And I had never looked at it from that direction before. God is good because he loved me. He loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to take my place of punishment for my sins. And the result is God's presence in my life and eternal life with him after our earth time. That is it. So to be satisfied and know that that is the bottom line, that is the fundamental mm -hmm. in Christianity. So that is the basics. God is good. And meanwhile, because God does not force himself on us, there's a world running rampant with sinful selfishness, and I still struggle with selfishness and the things in my own life. But that does not mean that God is not good. Yes, and I think we need to preach the gospel to ourselves every single day so that we can remember who God is, so that we can view ourselves and the people in this world correctly through his eyes. It helps us battle that lie, that tactic of our enemy that causes us to doubt God's goodness or what he would do or who he is. You know, in part two of our Dead to Me series, which was episode five, we discussed the importance of knowing God and how this enhances our ability to live from a place of already. So let's look again at who God says he is, because when it comes down to it, it has nothing to do with who we are and everything to do with who God is. So one of the ways that we do that is study a name of God. Now, um, the one that I chose to talk about is Yahweh, which maybe doesn't make sense with, because it's just God saying, I am who I am. Right. Um, and it is often written Y-H-W-H, okay, that Yahweh. Those four letters are based on the Hebrew word for being. Regardless of which translation you look at, this name speaks of the self-existence and self-sufficiency of God. I recently received a book from my mother-in-law called Breath Prayers. And in the beginning of it, it talks about those four consonants, Y-H-W-H, and how it literally makes the sound of breathing in and breathing out. Oh, wow. Right? And it makes sense because literally our next breath is dependent on God. Not on ourselves. There's nothing I can do to give myself breath. God depends on no one, but I depend on him for every single breath. And when I take a slow breath in the midst of, let's say I get another alert on my phone about 
a hardship that's happening, whether it's with a friend or in our world, I stop and I take slow breaths in and I breathe in, Yahweh, Yahweh. It gives me peace. It draws me closer to him. And so that is one way, again, knowing about a name of God and how that helps me. What about you, Janae? What name of God helps you connect back to the basics? Well, there are so many, and I think each of them are a gift from God to help us understand him because there is a part of us that will never fully embrace. Maybe on the other side we will, and I I think we probably will to some extent there. But I like to go back to Elroy, the God who sees me, because a good God is personal. And he is in our business in the most positive way. He is about us. Elroy first appears in Genesis chapter 16 when a very pregnant Hagar has been sent away to fend for herself. Mm. God meets her in her distress. And after that encounter with God, Hagar referred to Yahweh as Elroy. So I'm going to read verse 13 of Genesis chapter 16. It says, Therefore, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, which is the way Yahweh is usually translated and, and stands out in our Bibles in the Old Testament. So therefore, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord, or Yahweh, who had spoken to her, She said, you are the God who sees me. Mm. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? She had had a personal encounter because our God is personal. I need to see that God sees me in my struggles. I need to know that, that he knows and sees my pain. Um, The whole purpose of Christ was for him to experience what we experience here in this world. He hears my cries. And this piggybacks off of last week's verse from Psalms chapter 59, verse 10, where it says, my God in his faithfulness will meet me. He meets me where I am. So a good God sees us and is faithful to meet us right where we are. We don't have to clean up. We don't have to get our business all together and in order. God does that for us, with us, together. He has already done this for us through his son, Jesus. The more that we get to know who God is, the more we are able to see with his eyes, experience and and trust his heart for us. So whether it is Yahweh, and you're learning more about that name, Elroy, which I just think is one of the most beautiful stories I could not imagine being so terrified and God showing up in such a powerful way for her. So here's the question. Do we live from a place of already? And if I don't, what is my next step? Right. It's such a great question, Amy. I I do think we all need to think about it and we need to think through what does living from a place of already loved, already chosen, already enough, look like for you? What does that look like for you? Because my life experience is different. Some of the things that have shaped me and who I am and the way I may see God is going to be different from you. So what is keeping you? What is blocking you from living from that place of realizing you are already loved, you're already chosen, that you are enough? 
And I just encourage everyone to invite the Spirit to help you move towards living from a place of already more and more because I don't know that we will 100% fully live from that place on this earth earth time, right? So um, what can we do to move towards that? God, help us move towards that. I am leaving this conversation um, kind of like, I feel like I got some armor on, Like like I'm able to go back out into the world and I've got already a different foundation, a different perspective. I'm I'm beginning the already. Not there yet necessarily, okay. right? But but continuing to think through this, I think guys as you go about your week, as you find yourself responding to something that has happened, take a moment, take a deep breath, breathe in and out the name of God and and ask God, okay, in this, how am I already with you, already victorious, already overcoming? How am I already loved in this moment. Guys, I'm going to leave you with Psalm 108.4, just as a reminder again of who God is. It says, for your steadfast love is great above the heavens and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. That's beautiful. We'll see you next time. The connecting doesn't have to stop here. We would love to have you join us at the God's Word Gives Hope blog to go deeper with the verse we discussed today. If you would like to learn more about life and leadership coaching with Janae, visit JanaeShatleyCamp.com. Finally, we would love a chance to talk with you more. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. All of these links are posted in the About Us on our podcast.